You're listening to the Myers and Stroop Podcast. Your source for poor advice. Yeah, duh. Let's go with me. Useless information. Works for me. And oh, uh, did we mention fantasy football? With your hosts, Nate Myers and Tony Stroot. This is a long Welcome time coming, to my podcast, friend. Mr. Street. Good <laughs> afternoon. It is good to talk to you, sir. You mean good evening, sir? That I, I mean good night. It's it's like midnight. <laughs> yeah. What is it like nine nine thirty nine thirty your time? Uh, something <laughs> like that. Yeah. I'm 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 in I'm in Dubai, right? <laughs> No man, welcome to the podcast. I know it's been For a while. A scandalous podcast. Yeah, if this works out though, this might be the the method going forward for the uh, for the near future. Um, I'm with you, man. So, uh, so what do we got on the slate for today? Um, so I have just updates from uh, really the first place for each league as of week four, and then top score this week, and then I figured we can touch on uh, some guillotine. Uh, I know that's near and dear to your heart. You had some some good feedback on when we first tried our our first attempt on this this week's podcast. Um, if you wanted to to go over that, so we can keep them short and sweet um, to the point. Well, uh, only because I I think we ought to do this one fairly briefly just to make sure that the audio even sounds good. It stays in sync coming from uh, from a higher bandwidth situation probably don't go into too much detail but we yeah we can kind of hit the highlights on, on each league pretty quickly cool well i'll go over essentially the leagues uh current first place and top score so we'll start with uh mega league dynasty so in first place as of this or as of the end of week four is eric bond um, the top score uh, for this week was bryce brock with 109.4 points um, I will say Bryce or Eric is four and zero sitting at first place. Um, Bryce's performance was was pretty solid uh, in comparison to a lot of leagues in, in Mega League Dynasty. Uh, anything you want to note on for Mega League Dynasty? Well, I, I think it's worth pointing out, uh, especially this week now that it's actually a little more lopsided. Uh, at the beginning of the season, before the season even, uh, Bryce and I. This is my own stupid decision. Uh, agreed to trade first-round picks, uh, just kind of regardless of how the season plays out, in confidence that the one person would do better than the other. And uh, through three weeks, we were both one and two, and we were figured, okay, this is kind of crap. Looking to finish in fifth or sixth or seventh place. Uh, however, Bryce's team is looking a whole lot stronger than mine, especially with Saquon Barkley on my team uh, out for a few more weeks. And that guy named Andrew Luck deciding to retire about a decade earlier than I was hoping. Uh, so I am one and three. He is two and two. He's trending upward. I am not so much. So uh, I am regretting that uh, that draft pick trade pretty quickly. In the rest of the league, I mean, Eric's team is back to dominance as I think everybody expected. Um, most of the teams are kind of playing out as we as we as we thought so far. Um, but I, I know that I am not happy with how uh, how that trade's uh, looking well, at this point in the at season. At any point in time this week, if you really want uh, Wayne Gallman, 
just give me a call. Um, you spent a whole lot on him on uh, on free agency, didn't you? Yeah, and it was worth it. <laughs> and two touchdowns in the first quarter, if I remember correctly. I wasn't watching the game, but I was checking the stats on that. He got a, a, ru- a receiving touchdown, then a rushing touchdown uh, fairly quickly. Yeah, I mean, that might be his really his peak performance. But, uh, I mean, if he can carry it on and continue, you know, just through the – until Saquon is back. I mean, even when he is back, who knows if he's going to be 100%. So, you know, for me, it's like a bargain RB1, RB2, you know, why not see what he can do. So, yeah, at the very least – Only because I've seen what – well, only because I've seen what Gallman has done in the past before Barkley was on that team two or three years ago, I was not impressed. I, I didn't think he would do a whole hell of a lot. It'd be more of a committee kind of thing. Uh, but, yeah, so far he's gotten a, a majority of the snaps, and it uh, sounds like he's going to – going to run that show until uh until Saquon's back and uh I am kicking myself in the in the head for that one already well like I said you you can dwell on Wayne Gallman and if at any point in time <laughs> you feel like you need to make a move for him you let me know so um I guess we'll go to Meg League Loaded so right now in first place we've got Trent Blackburn at three and one uh the top score this week was Brent Schumer at 356.9 points so, like we mentioned before, everybody might be like, what the fuck? 356 points? How is that possible? But the rosters are insanely large in this league, uh, hence the Mega League loaded. Um, I will note that we did not have a podcast last week. Um, the one thing that happened was Eric Bond completely roasted me um, and scored <laughs> the most points, I think, in Mega League history. Ever? Ever. Yeah. Seven years, eight years, actually. Which was, it was painful to be on the receiving end of that after I just really talked him up about how how I liked his approach to, to fantasy. Um, and he... What was his final score? He got into like the yeah, 480s or something. He was close he? to 500, but didn't really, he didn't quite get there, but Jeez. he easily doubled up a lot of people, um, which was, was insane. But uh, he is he is not in first place in that league. <laughs> so we'll shift over to D-League, which is another uh, dynasty league. So in first place, we do have Eric Bond at 3-1. and one. Um, The top scorer that week was Bryce Brock at 151.4. So really between Mega League Dynasty and D-League, first place is both Eric Bond and the top scorers from week four with both Bryce Brock. Um, so they must have very similar rosters. Yeah, the interesting thing with Bryce is uh, that's a team that he inherited. He he didn't join D-League initially. He uh, took over for another guy who uh, thought it would be a good idea to draft Eddie Lacy with his uh, fourth overall pick in the first round. Um, he dumped his team after one season, took uh, Matt Forte in the third round too, if I remember correctly. <laughs> so it wasn't... Uh, it took a lot of a lot of rebuilding, uh, but it's obviously doing pretty well a couple of years later. Uh, yeah, that was not his team initially, but only uh, only through free agency trades and uh, and the rookie draft is, has he been able to build that uh, as he saw fit. And he's still doing a solid job if he's doing uh, if he's three and one at this yeah, point. Yeah, I mean he's he's doing all right. So we'll shift to D twelve, and in first place. I think it's he's our our newcomer, uh, sitting at four and four and zero, oh. um, Mr. Ridiman. 
Oh, uh, second year for Jeff. Yeah, he's. Um, I haven't looked at the standings, uh, but yeah, Jeff uh, took over for uh, Mr. Ontiveros last year when uh, that whole kerfluffle kind of fell apart. Um, yeah, he, he took that over and he's uh, done good things with us so far. Yeah, I'd be curious to know of all these teams that are, are in the top three right now or performing well, how many of them own um, Dalvin Cook? Yeah. Because that seems to be, I know that was one of his core players, um, but the top scorer this week in D12 was Victor Garcia with 182 points, which is pretty solid, pretty solid score for uh, just a our normal dynasty setup. I think he was hating on life after being eliminated from guillotine. At least he still hangs around. Uh, Chris Lindley and Kevin Weber decided to jump ship pretty quickly. I, I don't entirely blame them, but Victor's at least still a, a participant in the uh, the Slack channel for that. <laughs> that's good to have him around. Well, shifting to STDD, um, sitting in first place is, again, Mr. Eric Bond, 4-0. Uh, this week's top score was Matt Regions at 150, 153.5, um, which was a pretty solid output. I mean, I'll have to check and see where Matt's team is actually sitting, um, but that was a solid score. Um, but again, we got Eric in control of that league. So thus far, we've got Eric in one, two, three. Yeah, first place in three leagues, um, which is very respectable. Well, we need to get Eric on, on this podcast because I know that he's got a lot of kind of wisdom in the fantasy football world that he can share. I mean, he, he's literally done like internships with a, a lot of the, or at least one of the more significant uh, national guys in, in the world of fantasy football, Sigmund Bloom. Um, when I talked with him a while back, this is five or six years ago, uh, when we were starting our Mega League Dynasty teams, uh, he kind of mentioned that he has a generic strategy to be prepared to suck as much as it takes in the first year, possibly two years. And then the third year, once you knock out a couple of good rookie, high rookie picks in that third year is when you really just start to blow uh, the competition out of the water. And uh, what year is this for STDD? Um, this is the third year, I think. Third. That, is, that is indeed the third year. So he's uh, coming into form right as, as expected. I, re I remember his first pick. Um, he took Leonard Fournette when he was a rookie in 2017 with about the 11th or 12th pick in, in that draft. And at the time, I thought it was kind of crazy. Uh, but then other guys took Christian McCaffrey and Joe Mixon at the top of the second round. And people started taking rookies a lot earlier than I expected, at least relative to my other dynasty drafts. That, that seemed to be uh, pushing the envelope on that. But then while maybe that particular pick of Fournette hasn't really blossomed a whole lot lately, his strategy of just building that young team and picking the right guys too, not, not getting the guys that are going to be a complete flop, but end up turning into high producing guys in year two, year three. And now he's sitting in four and O. So it's obviously he's doing something right. Yeah. I think the way that he approached it, um, yeah, like I said before, I, I learned from, kind of how he attacked dynasty and then just kind of learning from my own fuck ups as we went along. But, uh, you know, <laughs> specifically for hybrid flex, I, I took that same approach of just really young quality talent and knowing that this year I may suck. I mean, I may be competitive, but most likely I'm not going to, I'm not going in it to win. Um, and it's more of a long game and that come year two, year three, my guys should be 
then hitting their stride, um, making it difficult for everybody else. No, I'm with you, man. It's the same idea. I mean, you can get these guys before they really hit their prime, a couple of rounds later, a couple of rounds earlier. Well, yeah, a couple of rounds later now than they would be in a couple of years. So, uh, yeah, when you can get that, I mean, I got uh, Scary Terry McLaren in the 16th or 17th round of Hybrid Flex, and he'll be a eighth round, maybe fifth or sixth round pick next year. Just being able to scoop up those guys. I, I hit on some, I whiffed on a few others. Um, and that's going to happen when, when you're going for rookies and, and younger guys. But if you can knock down a few of those guys that can be your week to week starters, uh, when everybody else is going after a, a third defense or a, a backup 36 year old tight end, then you're going to have that competitive, competitive advantage for years to come. I agree with you. Um, We'll continue on um, since we're talking about hybrid flex. We'll knock out that one in first place is Dare to DP, uh, Miss Ashley at three and one. Um, and the top score of the week was her as well at 180.29. So is, is making that, all the dudes look bad? Yeah, is that is that surprising to you that she's she's currently in first place? I don't know if it's a surprise. Uh, she, this is Ashley's first uh, Dynasty League, so but she's done a, a fair amount of research and background kind of looking into it. I know uh, the past couple of years, she was always in the, the single season redraft league that we did. Last year, it was just it was the the this version, this hybrid flex concept with points per first down scoring, uh, half auction draft, half snake draft, that sort of thing. Uh, she didn't do that great there, and I'm guessing she kind of learned from her mistakes in that format. The year before, she was in a Superflex auction draft league with us, and I can't remember if she finished first or second, but she made it all the way to the championship, so she's more than capable of, of doing well. Uh, she just needs to get a little lucky with, with the right players and avoid injury, avoid avoid the, the bad luck. Uh, so far, she's doing really well. Well, she's a, let's see if she can continue like with the pressure on. And again, I'd be kind of curious to see how even these teams that, you know, are competitive this first year, or maybe even potentially win this first year, how they, how they make it throughout the five years um, of this league, you know, just, is it going to be sustainable? Um, we'll see. Um, the next one I have is a, another dynasty league that you're not a part of, but it's a smoking dynasty league. Uh, we have Brian in first place at three and one. Uh, he was also the top scorer this week with 150 points. Um, and then I have one last league. It's the footy league. Um, you'll know Mr. Andrew Robinson Powell is a member of that league. Um, in first place, we have Alan Andrews at 3-1, and one, and the top scorer was Dale Parchman at 146.5. So at least to give a shout-out for some of these people that I know listen to the podcast here and there. Um, let's then move to guillotine and you want to tell us about this week's, uh, or at least last week's loss. Well, um, yeah, I was partially drunk when I sent out the email on Sunday night to, to announce who, who was dropped. I listed the players correctly, but I didn't do the, the person. Uh, it was Clayton, not Ashton, uh, different couple of letters plus t-o-n name uh so clayton orcutt uh was the one who fell this week dropping dalvin cook aaron jones tyler lockett calvin ridley 
I believe Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield, pretty good team of uh, a lot of guys that a lot of uh, a lot of people spent some money on. George Kittle also, uh, who hasn't done a whole heck of a lot, at least relative to 2018, but he's uh, definitely got the potential in San Francisco. But uh, waivers just went through this morning. Um, I think Cook went for $85, Kittle for like $59. Um, Aaron Jones, I, I scooped up for, I think, $45. Uh, good amount spent, and uh, this week is going to be tricky because there's another couple of teams on by, and that's going to be the case for the next seven or eight weeks. Um, the Dolphins and the Lions are on by, so my Curion is uh, going to be sitting on my bench while I have to put something together with the rest of my roster. Not feeling too good about it. Uh, one team I want to highlight, I don't even know if he's going to be listening to this, but Mr. Brent Schumer may have... Uh, have some issues. If you take a look at his roster, he's got a couple of his starters on by, and I don't believe he even has uh, guys on his bench to uh, to fill those slots, let alone guys that are kind of starter quality. So he may have to hit the waiver wire soon to, to find somebody just to throw in to get a couple of extra points. Um, I'm definitely not out of the woods myself. I, I've still got one of those lower teams that I'm hoping some of these guys pick up. But between Michael Thomas and Julio Jones, they've kind of carried me. Um, Daniel Jones at quarterback has been better than expected for the last couple of weeks, but I've got to get a better situation with my tight end, uh, Vance McDonald's injured and, uh, the, the kid out of Buffalo hasn't done a whole heck of a lot lately. Need to get more running backs. Uh, I've got to build my team from top to bottom. You, on the other hand, your team has not really even been sniffing the, uh, the bottom of the league in terms of scoring, uh, since week one except for last week or except for the week oh before, what, what, were you in danger I, I didn't notice if you were yeah yeah so let let me let me backtrack so i've been i've been fortunate i guess enough to have some weeks where i was i wasn't really sweating it however week three um it came down to um myself and who is did we have likes his own? Oh, post. that was Kevin. Kevin, okay. So it came down to Kevin and myself. Um, and Kevin had Baker Mayfield. And oh, that's um, right. I had that's right. I had Brandon Cooks going. So I was losing to him by two points, I think, or something really small going into that game. And I thought I was done. Yeah, he had Baker um, Mayfield in the Browns defense, I think. Yeah, yeah. So Brandon Cooks ended up scoring 20 points. Um, and then Baker scored 10 and Browns defense scored five. But there was a, at the very end, you know, the Browns were driving and trying to score. And Baker was going for it on fourth down, trying to throw a touchdown pass, which would have, it would have knocked me out. And That's right. Put him in. So it was about as close as it gets to being eliminated. <laughs> um, I mean, this week was a little bit a little bit more comfortable. <laughs> um, but, you know, I've, I've also made some, I made some moves after that week three loss, you know, I made an attempt and I've picked up uh, Edwards tight end out of Baltimore um, to pair him with Andrews or sorry, Andrews Edwards. It's all, it's all the same. Come <laughs> on. Um, but I wanted to pair him with my quarterback. Um, I just, I needed that upgrade because after dealing with uh, really some disappointment um, from Hawkinson, 
uh, I needed I needed a better tight end to pair with Lamar Jackson, so I picked him up. I also got Miles Sanders on the cheap. Um, I mean, that's I'm I'm trying to be future future thinking, but not spending way too much. I mean, and you see what Kittle went through, and even what you spent on Aaron Jones, and it's like, man, like I, I feel much better about picking up Chris Carson for you know forty. Forty dollars back a while ago, I think. Well, the the tricky thing is because of the short benches, and and this was intentional with only allowing five bench spots. Uh, you really can't stash guys uh, unless you're willing to pay for them and sit them on your bench, which is maybe a, a losing strategy there. Uh, but if you if you're gonna pay for guys, you're probably gonna have to start them, uh, especially with bye weeks coming up next week. You go to from two teams to four teams next week. And there's a good chance that one or two or even more of your guys are, are not going to be playing. And between a, a backup quarterback or a couple of backup running backs, you really don't have room to just kind of hide guys and just hope they get better. Uh, you've got to have be prepared to start pretty much anybody on your roster in, in a given week. If any late injuries sneak up on, on Wednesday or Thursday, you've got to be ready to plug those guys in because there's not going to be um, any room that you can grab anybody else on the waiver wire. I hear you. And at least, I don't know, fortunate, that's something I've been paying attention to was that that the bye weeks. And I know this week I've got just backups that are off, except for um, Galladay, which is a kind of a big hit for me in terms of wide receiver. Um, but after that, I mean, I have my full roster for week six and seven, assuming that, you know, I'm still in this deal um, and trying to keep a healthy fab just so that I can pick up some, some players. I think it's, I mean, I'm still figuring this out. I don't know what the, the right strategy is. If it's blowing, you know, a, a decent amount on a, a good player or just making just little incremental improvements to your team as you go. Um, I don't know. I mean, we'll find out what the right answer is at the end of this deal. Um, well, something I realized myself uh, when I was taking a look at the rosters, because I didn't initially intend to, uh, to draft Julio. It just kind of happened when I got stuck with him with a little more money than I wanted to. Um, both of my top receivers, Michael Thomas and Julio Jones have the same bye week. So if I can make it four more weeks to week nine, uh, I've got a feeling that's going to be a pretty tough week for me to make it to week 10 when my, my top two guys are, uh, are not going to be playing. So unless I can build up a pretty solid team of additional receivers or at least uh, running backs and tight ends uh, in the next four weeks, I've got a feeling I'm not going to be there uh, for to see November. Well, let's see. We'll see what happens. You never know. I mean, you, again, that's where you just have to be smart about these pickups. And if, you know, if you, if you miss on some of these, I mean, you don't have to necessarily get these big names that are being dropped, but, you know, you can get the low-end wide receiver threes that are going to be serviceable and get you through, you know, that bye week. And it's, I mean, you're not going to be the only one dealing with bias. There's, you're going to be competing against the other guys too that are in the same situation. So, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a fucking cool league. It does, it, it stresses me out. <laughs> every single week, uh, every single play pretty much matters because they're probably going to. I mean, every notable player is probably going to be a starter on somebody's roster and. For the teams that are already putting up 130, 140, it doesn't make much of a difference. But when you're at that bottom two or three or four people, 
if you see the other guy sneak up with a, a touchdown, that can be the difference between you continuing on and, and you getting knocked out this week. And when I mean, this is a, a do or die every single week where uh, your season can be over with uh, any poor decision. Like last week, uh, Clayton started the uh, Colts defense for a negative one point instead of the Seahawks defense on his bench, which put up 13 or 14 points. Uh, if he would have started the other team, then he'd be advancing to week five. So those little decisions every single time can be not just losing your week in a regular fantasy football league. Uh, it can be yeah, the, the end of your entire season. It's crazy how just one touchdown can swing so much. Um, I don't know. Well, let's see what happens this, this coming week. Do you know off the top of your head who's projected to score the most points? No, I don't think I do. I, I looked at the scores, and I don't care if they're in the, the 90s or 100s. Uh, it's the people that are in the 78 yeah. to 82 range that are right there with me that I'm worried about. I'm guessing it's I'm you, just though. Pulling, no, no, no. I'm just pulling up right now. So, yeah, we have one, two, three, three people projected in the 90s. Everybody else is projected in the 80s, and we've got one Chris Danger in the 70s. Um, so again, it's interesting when you, you push out the stats as far as what we were projected versus what we actually ended up at. Um, you know, it's, it seems like majority of everyone is exceeding expectations, but, uh, there are those rare situations where you, you do not meet what you were projected. Uh, and that's what happened to me week, week three. What happened there? Was it injury or just somebody got benched or just didn't play well? Or, it was or... Just, just players did not did not play well at all. Um, that's when like Chris Carson had two fumbles and like Sammy Watkins wasn't getting any touches and Mixon wasn't playing very well and fumbling as well. And it's just all my players were just barely getting by. Um, it was rough. How <laughs> to do it. I don't know. But uh, it's, let's see what happens this week. Um, the one thing I did want to mention, if you remember three weeks ago, we did the, we did like a little Deadpool, like to see who would make it through that week. And you'd pick, oh, right. you'd pick Luke Falk, uh, Devontae Parker, and Damian Williams. And I want to say, what, what happened to Luke Falk? Didn't he go down that week? Uh, even if he stayed up, he was entirely worthless, but I, I guess for, for that league, I guess that that's a big difference. Uh, I think he's still fine. Uh, I got Damian Williams though, right? Uh, didn't I? I think he didn't. Did he go down that week or was he already injured? He may have gone down that week. No, I, I think I, no, I, I didn't because I, I, I said, um, chiefs running back based on who was going to get the start. Yeah, so yeah, I think it ended up being, uh, LaShawn McCoy. They did all get Although up. McCoy kind of went down too, or he had some issues. Yeah, everybody's got issues. I mean, that's that's why uh, Daryl Williams became a factor. Yeah, I would I would give you that one. Um, I get half credit. <laughs> we had Nathan Nuhead, Jimmy Garoppolo, Cole Beasley, and Alvin Kamara, and I think they all made it through fine. Yeah, they're um, okay. I had Josh Rosen, Antonio Brown, and James Conner. So Antonio Brown was my big win on that one. <laughs> Does it apply if they, they get benched for non-injury yeah. related purposes? He's, he's dead boy <laughs> in the NFL, dude. He's not even on a team. <laughs> I'm, I'm that, counting. That is entirely valid. We can say injuries, but I don't know. <laughs> 
So I don't know, maybe we'll have a follow-up uh, podcast later this week where we can come up with some more. Uh, uh, maybe we just keep it to one player instead of multiple positions and just make it too complex. But I think yeah, I'm up we for went it, through, man. We did all the standings, at least the first place, the top scorer. We went through guillotine, touched on a, the Deadpool. We talked a little bit of strategy. Um, is there anything else you want to really speak about before we call this one a, a little shorty? No, I, I think that's good for now. I've got to <laughs> uh, put my daughter to bed, so I need to get off here pretty soon. But uh, yeah, I, I think we're good for a shorter than usual podcast here and then uh, probably get back at this maybe uh, Tuesday next week to uh, look how things played out for week five. Cool. Sounds good, brother. All, All right. right. Well, let's call it a wrap. Pleasure as always, my friend. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye.